Have you ever been tempted to run? Run away from everything. You ever been tempted to just say enough? I'm tired of the pandemic, endemic, windemic, and everything else. You ever get just tired? Tired of the laundry? Tired of the bills? Tired of the tires going flat? Tired of just everything? If you're not careful, you get tired of each other. And if you're, if you're really not careful, you get tired of yourself. And if you're not really careful, you spend your life running away from life rather than running to life. I felt this strong urge to take you to a familiar text and to make one big point, one question. And I want you to look with me in the Bible in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 48. 1 Samuel 14, um, 17, verse 48. And the question today is this. Are you running from your fight? Are you running from your fight? Now, this is not my fight. Let's be really clear. We're not talking about my life. We're not talking about my marriage. We're not talking about, talking about your fight. The one that has your name on it. Everybody has one. Everyone has a fight. Something that you have to deal with. That's your house with your broken down fence. That's your house. Those are your children. You do know that, right? Those are your <laughs> children. It's your life. And one thing that I heard a, a, a guy say one time about young people, they said that sometimes they forget that when older people are advising you about school, that's not for them. That's for you. They already graduated. They already have a job. The advice that you're being given is solely for your benefit. And it's really important to understand that, to not be confused about what's important for you. When the doctor talks to you about your health, that's not, that's not his blood pressure. That's your number. 1,000 over 1,000. That's your number. Okay, I know you did already, right? <laughs> but you understand, those are your numbers. And if you're not careful, you'll forget this is about you, not anybody else. So the question that I've been thinking about for me is, am I running from my fight? My fight. My financial fight. My emotional fight. As a pastor, am I running from this fight or running to this fight? There's an image when David was facing Goliath. And he was, and if I, if, if, one of the things I love about the digital world is I can show you pictures. I can show you an image. And I stood in the valley where David fought Goliath. Now, that's true. And I even got some of the rocks. You know, they had little, little smooth rocks. They had them spread out over the ground. So I, I, I grabbed about three or four of them and, and stole them. No, I didn't steal. They let me take them. I took them. And I put that. I still have them in my, in my closet. And I look at these rocks every now and then. I think about this. This is where it really happened. It's not a cartoon. And then they show you where David was on one heel, right? And Goliath was coming that way. I can see it in my head. And how they met. And so there's this really tall hill, like taller than this facility we're in. And you can imagine that David saw. And the Bible said this in the book of 1 Samuel 17, verse, um, let's start at verse um, 48. As the Philistine moved closer to attack him, referring to David, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. Wow. He ran to the fight. 
I just want to say, you are a teenager, 17 years old, high school student, running to fight a really big, bad-looking man. That's somebody. Now, you know, his brothers were out there watching. They weren't running to the fight. Now, you would think that the siblings would say, all right, if David going down, we going down. They said, that fool is on his own. They did not <laughs> help him. They did not go help him. No, nobody. Now, I don't know if you got siblings who would have watched you fight. Or would you have something who would have ran to the fight with you? Some of you said, no, they like David's brothers. They wouldn't have come. But David ran to his fight. And what's powerful is his attitude. Now, the Bible says this, and I want to read a little bit of the background because this might help you a little bit. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 21. It said, Israel and the Philistines were drawing up their lines facing each other. David left his things with the keepers of the supplies, ran to the battle lines and asked his brothers how they were, because that's why he was there. David came to check on his brothers who were, who were soldiers in the battle. David was not an official soldier. David wasn't in the army. David, David basically was a guy who was, who was sent by his daddy with some supplies to go and take to the soldiers who were fighting and to check on his brothers. It was a mission of, you know, you know, investigation. That's all it was. He wasn't supposed to be in the fight at all. He wasn't supposed to do anything but deliver the food, check on the brothers, and leave. Here's what the Bible said. Verse 23. As he was talking with them, Goliath, the Philistine champion from Goth, stepped out from his lines and shouted his usual defiance, and David heard it. David gave the guy the food he brought from his dad for the, for the soldiers, checked on his brothers, and while he was doing that, he heard this big old ruckus, and this guy came out. He's tall. He's big. He's amazing. He's bigger than Shaq. This guy is huge. And watch what happens. The Bible said, verse 24, when the Israelites saw the man, they all fled from him in great fear. If you ever seen a bunch of men scream and run, it was a moment. Ah! You can imagine. Everybody ran the other way. Everybody took off. Now, David is watching this, and he's like, this is, this is bad. This is, watch what he says. The Israelites, verse 25, had been saying, do you see how this man keeps coming out? He comes out to defy Israel. And here's what they said. You know, the king Will, will grant great wealth to the man who kills him. He will also give him his daughter in marriage and will exempt him from taxes. What a deal. You get a tax break if you take him on. You get money if you take him on. And you get a woman out the deal. Get married. Man, this is a good deal. But nobody is taking the deal. Nobody wants to be that wealthy. Nobody wants romance that bad. And they'd rather pay their taxes. Nobody is taking on Goliath. Everybody is running from the giant instead of to the giant. Think about it for a minute. David asked the men, verse 26, last verse, saying, what will be done for the man who kills the Philistine and removes this disgrace from Israel? Who is the, this uncircumcised Philistine? Now, that's an important term because basically what he was saying was he ain't even saved. He has no relationship with God. He's uncircumcised because his circumcision was a sign of a covenant with God. He said, that brother ain't got no covenant with God. Who is this? Who is he to come up here and defy Israel? And basically what he says is, I'll do it. 
Have no fear, David's here. David, later on in the text, says, I'll take him on. And he goes through this whole process, tells King Saul, and there's some observations that I want to make. Several observations, 10 to be specific, if I can get through them all. <laughs> observations about the details of the fight. And this is what's important to me. There's something about the way some people fight in life. It leads to great victory, the way they fight. Now, I don't know if you have anybody in mind that you looked at and said, you know, I like the way they handle their family. I like the way they deal with their life, their money. I like the way they deal with their body. I like them. Even when things fall, even when things don't go quite right, they fight. They put it back together. They hang in there. There's something about fighting forward, pressing forward. And there are people who do well at it, and there's some people who don't. There's some people who panic. Every wedding I do, something goes wrong. Every wedding. The bride almost trips. The kids refuse to come down the aisle, or they start talking. The, the, the groom forgets what he's supposed to say. Sometimes uh, groom is late, bride late, parents are late. Things happen. Run out of food. Something always goes wrong. So I always give this one speech. Stay cool. Stay calm. Stay collected. It's just life. Learning how to deal with things. And what I want you to notice is how David dealt with things. And be clear, he's 17. He's not old. He is young. And he has come to a place in his life where he has a formula, a formula we can learn from. And I want you to see how he ran at his fight. Number one, watch this, first observation. He volunteered to fight. Now, you read the whole chapter on your own. I'm not going to read all these verses for you, but I want to tell you, he volunteered. Let me be clear. You have to volunteer to fight. You have to say yes. No one can make you say yes. You have to say, I want this. If you don't volunteer to fight your fight, you will not win your fight. Number two, he ignored the limiting um, opinions of others. The people around him disagreed. His brothers didn't think he could take on Goliath. Saul didn't think he could do it, but he ignored them. I'm going to tell you something. If you're going to win, win your fight, you're going to have to ignore some people. You, you, can't, you just can't take everybody's opinion and own it. You can't take everybody's opinion and make it your opinion. There are things that people thought I couldn't do. I remember the first time I got on television, I've told it many times before, I'd never been on a day in my life, never been on TV, not once. I just faked it until I made it. I pretended. My wife was sitting to my right, and she said these words, what are you going to do? I said, they don't know. Nobody knows that I've never done <laughs> television. So I just, matter of fact, even the name for our first TV program, I made up on the spot. I made it up on the spot. I called the guy, Wayne Nix, and I said, Wayne, he said, I said, they were going to tape me, they were going to tape my program, and, and uh, yeah, don't worry about it, just keep moving. And so, uh, so, so when, uh, when Wayne said to me, what's the name of your program? And he, he, I said to him, um, the word alive. The word alive, that's what I called it, on the spot. The word is alive, broadcast. That's what I said. 
And I did the same thing when it's time to do television. Television time started. What I did, Diane was sitting there. I said, welcome to the Word of Live broadcast. My name is Ricky Temple. They didn't know I was speaking. And I just pretended I was a TV guy. And I've been pretending ever since. Nervous or not, scared or not, some of y'all think I'm cool. Sometime inside I'm going, ah, I'm screaming. But you don't know it because I'm cool on the outside. That's what you got. You got to act like you're going to win. You know, there are times in life when you are scared, but you have to learn to run to the fight. Can you say it with me, please? Come on, say run to your fight. It's so nice to have an audience. Come on, say it again. Say run to your fight. You know, I ain't heard an audience in two years. Jesus, have mercy. <laughs> Not here. Not here. <laughs> oh, God, that felt good. <laughs> oh, I need a minute. I need a minute. I need a, I've been preaching to the windshields. <laughs> and they don't talk back. You can't see no eyes. Anyway, okay. So <laughs> he, <laughs> you got to ignore the opinions of others. Then number three, watch this now. He remembered his own testimony. Number one, he volunteered. Number two, he ignored the limiting opinions of others. And number three, he, rem he remembered his own testimony. He told a story, you know, when they told him, you can't do this. He said, yeah, I fought a lion and I fought a bear. I've done, I've done some fighting before. You may not have had this fight, but you have had a fight. You may not have had this challenge, but you've had a challenge. And if you had a challenge before, you can win this challenge now. Can I get an amen, somebody? Now, number four, he prophesied his future. When Goliath came at him, and Goliath said, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to stomp you in the ground. And he basically said, no, I prophesy I'm going to win. He told Saul, I prophesy I'm going to win. I declare I'm going to get past this pandemic. I declare I'm going to be fine. I declare I'm going to be prosperous. I declare that no weapon formed against me is going to prosper. That's what he said. You know what the problem is? You prophesy your own defeat. Well, I guess I'm not going to make it. Well, you probably won't. This relationship is over. You prophesied it. You got to look that person in the face. You can't hardly stand and say, you know what? In the name of Jesus, I love you. <laughs> Sometimes that's all you can say. Sometimes that's all you can say. Sometimes the kids get on your nerve and say, I, L-O-V-E-U. You can't even say it. You just spell it. Sometimes you can't stand your job, but you know you need the paycheck. So you just go, in the name of Jesus, it's going to be the best job. I declare they're going to prosper here. See, sometimes in life, you have to prophesy your future. So he prophesied his future. Number five, he made one big mistake, though. And running to it, he tried to fight like other people. Saul said, put on this armor. Go take him on. Mistake. My name is Ricky. I can't be you. I used to preach a lot of ways. I, I used to sing preach a lot back in the early days. And my throat started hurting. I, just, I had to stop that. And uh, in the name of Jesus. I, and I'll be trying to go fast and rhyme my words. Words get all messed up. I said, look, let me just talk. Let me just be me. Whatever me is, I'm going to be me. And I, I, I can't fight in somebody else's armor. Listen, you be who you be. You is who you is. Excuse my grandma. And so if you is who you is, that's all you can be. You may be a little awkward. You may be a little geeky. 
You may, you may not match your clothes well. You may have high water pants on and think it look good. That's you. If that's you, that's you. That's who we got to deal with. There's something about being clear and confident in who you are. You look in the mirror, you don't like your size, you can't push it down. That's who you got today. Got to love yourself. You got to love what you got. Your toes, they crooked. At least they work. Wiggle them. That's what you got. Work with what you have. Your head, there are no replacements. Your lips cannot be replaced. Your eyes, you can't get, there's no spare eyeballs. So what you got to do is figure out this is what I work with. Okay, everybody else need to, need to deal with themselves. And so what I learned is from David, fight in your own armor. David said, look, man, I can't wear all this. I need a slingshot. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Back in David's days, those were some awesome guys. Slingers, they called them. Slingers. And they would, they would, they would, they would wound up them slingers <laughs> and pop you from way out. They were, they were, it was a real fan, amazing group of warriors who were called slingers. And David decided to be a private slinger. I guarantee you the sheep knew he was bad. I guarantee you the wolf knew he was bad. The bear, the lion, everybody came. I bet they had a meeting. Listen, don't go over there and bother David. He done popped my cousin upside the head. That dude, that dude, that dude he little, but he can, he, can, he can sling that slinger. And David said, give me my weapon. Let me use my voice. Be yourself. Stop trying to be somebody else. How about one amen on that one? So watch this now. That was a mistake he made. Tried to fight like other people. Here's what he needed. Number six, if you're taking notes. He needed his own weapon. So number one, he volunteered to fight. That was good. Number two, he ignored the limiting opinions of others. That was good. Number three, he remembered his own testimony. That was good. Number four, he prophesied his future. That was good. Number five, he tried to fight like other people. That was bad. Number six, he used his own weapons. That was good. His own weapons. His own approach. His own family. His own knowledge. His own history. Start with what you have. Stop trying to be somebody else. Number seven. I love this. He refused to be insecure. I fight it every day. I fight it every day. There's nothing like having a job where you get in front of people and they tell you you did good or you did bad. Pastor, that was the best sermon ever, better than last week. Really? Are your clothes, you look sharp today. Or you don't look that good. You tired. You spend your life in this job being critiqued and judged by people. And every week, you have to learn how to embrace that and be secure. Women, you know you fight it all the time. Women have a real issue. Y'all worried about your toes. Men don't care what their toes look like. Men don't care about their fingernails. Don't care about their hair. It can be all kind of ways. They ain't worried about nothing. Some of you say there's a whole lot of things they don't care about either. I know. Ladies feel pressure. Got to be a certain size. Men, you have other pressures. You have other insecurities. Do you make enough? Are you man enough? Muscular enough? You have your own pressures. Are you respected by the women in your life? And most of you don't feel respected. You struggle with insecurity. Because you hear the little buzzes, people say. 
I fight it all the time. Pastor Ricky Temple fights it. And I'll tell myself, Ricky, get a grip. Stop that. Down to tell you, I'll just I'll, I'll stop that. Something in my head going on. Stop that. You preached your best sermon. Let it go. That's the best you got today. If they don't like it, you got thousands of sermons. They can go play a tape. That's the best one you got today. Let it go. Insecurity can drown you, make you act out, cause you all kind of frustration. Insecurity. See, I, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, see, I want to say something, but I don't want to follow the crowd, but I'm going to say something. You know, the devil gets you to do stuff that make you insecure. He gets you to do stuff, say stuff, act out, public, do things. I'll, say it, I'll just say this much. The goal is to, to sow something in your life that you're ashamed of so you then have to apologize all your life. It's, 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 to, it's to make you look in the mirror and not like yourself anymore. You know, yeah, you, you're doing okay now, but you remember what you did. He wants some evidence, something he can throw in your face. Make you feel insecure. To hear the story of the man who's now, who's the, who's the CEO of Nike, helped Michael Jordan negotiate all those deals. But in the woods, he has a book out. In the woods, in the back of his history, he killed somebody, went to jail, served his time, got out, but nobody ever knew he did it. He climbed the corporate ladder, and even though he was negotiating multi-million dollar deals with Michael Jordan, even though he was making millions of dollars, he had in his mind, somebody's going to find out about me. So he decided to tell it himself, but in his mind for years and years, while sitting in corporate rooms and doing amazing deals, he was feeling insecure. Man, that's horrible. Some of you feel that way. You don't want to go to certain parts of town, certain stores, certain neighbors, certain cities. It reminds you of the drug deals you did, the things you did. And in your mind, you don't want nobody to know. Insecurity. Number eight, he spoke back to his temptation. That was good. He spoke back. Sometimes you got to say, no, I will not think that thought. No, I will not feel that way again. No, I will not remind my, I am not being, I will not be defined by a failed marriage or, or a physical challenge. Or a physical attribute that I can't control. Then lastly, number nine, not, not lastly, two more. He trusted God to help him with the fight. I love this word. In verse 47, he said, all these things gathered, gathered here will know. All those gathered here. This is David speaking. All those gathered here will know that it is not by my sword or spear the Lord has saved saves. For the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. He trusted God to help him with the fight. I trust God to help us with this fight. And my last point, he ran to the fight, and he won. I want to pause here and say I'm done for the day, but I want you to think about this for a minute. For some of you, you've been running from the fight. Don't be reckless. Pay attention to what you're running toward but it's time for you to deal with the things in your life in front of you. If it's a physical challenge, an emotional challenge, if it's something that you did in the past, put it under the altar, let it go, and trust your God. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you today in Jesus' name for your grace. I thank you for your healing touch. I thank you for the hand of God upon us today. Help us run to the future without fear, without worry, with confidence and faith. 
We must run to our giants, not run from them. We must embrace the challenge we're in, fight the fight we're in, not the fight we want to be in. I speak healing to your people and blessings to our future. We give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name.